from me? Is he the chosen one? He is. He will avenge us. Sportsketeers, and welcome to another episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast here on the Random Chatter Network. I am Spectre 7, and Spectres 8 and 9 are ready to talk about Twin Suns. Yeah. Yes, Which indeed. seems seems like everyone has an opinion about this episode. <laughs> uh, if Twitter is uh, to be believed over the past couple days, um, very polarizing episode. It really was. Um, kind of expected that reaction, not going to lie. Um, but I'm going to go on record and say I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the best episodes there, too. Uh, I'm there with you, Mike. Um, I mean, you can't complain. I, I, I feel like Sam Whit- Whitwer uh, just once again knocked it out of the park with a great vocal uh, performance and uh, just brought some amazing emotion to Maul who is just an obscure character who we've never really had much time with in the Phantom Menace. And then there was a little bit of mixed reactions in the Clone Wars and just what they've written for him in Rebels and how it ends. Completely amazing. Yeah, I, I loved this episode uh, a lot. I I was surprised by some things, but but in a very pleasant way. And there's nothing in it that I, I just I really, really enjoyed it i liked it i understand why i understand why people didn't like it or felt disappointed by it i understand especially if you were going into this expecting something else but i felt like it was a really good end to his story and i'll have i'll have a lot more things to say about it but i had a lot of emotions i got a little i got a little choked up i've been saying for a while like Maul needed to have like this kind of tragic end and in a way like that's what this was you know yeah. he, he had that tragic ending um and i it was it was over so quickly and i just i loved it you know we didn't need this drawn out fight because we've had that for so long in fact i i mean that's what makes that's what makes this fight and everybody's reaction to it all the like i think that's why everyone is freaking out so much because it this isn't a fight we've kind of seen before you know and the um i don't know if you noticed but the move that uh, maul went for was the move that he used against uh qui-gon jen and obi-wan anticipated it yeah and, and that was great and um I like that, that. That was a great callback to, to that, and to have that kind of backfire on Maul in such a you know such an obvious way, is really really like that. Just makes it even more powerful. Yeah, I I have some questions for you guys. Um, on my second watching, I I started having some 
thinky thoughts about what was going on in Maul's head. So I want to pick your brains on that when we actually get to the duel. But do we want to kind of um, quickly cover the Ezra situation before we actually get on to the the full like Maul uh, Obi Wan situation? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, Lindsay, so. why don't you uh, take us to that? Well, I thought it was number one. I I, I understand that Ezra is not fully an adult yet but i still am getting a little frustrated by the fact that he can't he he can't see the traps that are being laid for him like he should have known by now that maul was probably maul was going to pull this uh would have pulled something like this on him but obviously he still wants to do such good that he went anyways and of course obi-wan points that out to him is that he you know maul used his desire to used Ezra's desire to do good against him. But it was amazing to see Ezra and Obi-Wan Kenobi interact. Cause that means Obi-Wan Kenobi knew about Ezra. So like, I'm really curious what this means in general. Well, especially when he said like, what Maul has done has changed the course of things. Well, I was going to add what, to what mean? <laughs> even your comment a little earlier, Lindsay, was that, uh, you know, he used the same move on Maul. Yeah. And so that kind of just shows, one, the growth of Obi-Wan. But two, you know, moving on to Ezra, uh, Obi-Wan's growth in the Force and what he's been necessarily being taught with Yoda through this whole, like, Force concentration mantra thing whatever they have going on it just really shows obi-wan has progressed and also tells like a, a story there that obi-wan has something going on he's he i think they could really re- write this backstory to him and, mm-hmm. and really write some really cool stuff but the guy has progressed and he knows what's going on so he i like his little comment like uh you know you can't be where i am at at now and not know what's going on I, I feel like that just really showed his progression in the force. And even, you know, if we go back up to a new hope, him being struck down, like he knew what to do in those moments. So I I just, I thought it was handled really well. I think there was some moments where Ezra, Ezra's moments were kind of annoying, but just Mm -hmm. even his desert scene with chopper was heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. I, I I will say like chopper was in, in, peak chopper mode i was really appreciative of <laughs> chopper was in peak mode this entire time and it was great i uh, i loved i loved when ezra was going out towards the desert and he was telling chopper that you know just follow follow the ridge i'm sure you'll find something and chopper just kind of kept doing that double take and just like oh fine yeah and then just like audibly was like oh fine and like went like rolled out into the desert after him like yeah Peak chopper. And, and also, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi keeps finding these young teenage, you know, these young teenage boys in the desert. In a way. <laughs> He's always getting these boys to wake up next to him. And it's just like, Obi-Wan, do you ever find boys that are awake? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever find your Padawans awake at this point? Yeah, he's always saving them. <laughs> he's always saving them when they're passed out. And like the taunt, I thought the Tauntaun scene was a neat callback to like Luke and his situation. Oh, with the do-back? A do-back. Yeah. yeah. No, no. When he, when the, not the Tauntaun, I'm sorry. When the um, Sand Raiders, wow. Tusken Raiders, yeah. <laughs> the Tusken Raiders. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. 
It's been a long day, guys. Uh, when the Tuscan Raiders attacked uh, Ezra, I actually thought that's when Obi Wan was going to show up, and I thought it was that was going to be almost a exact parallel. And I'm really glad they didn't do that. But again, like that Tuscan Raider scene was like a nice callback to what happened to Luke, and definitely. Yeah, I was. I, I really liked that stuff. Well, and... I think you know to kind of add to your point a little bit too. Also, it's just I don't think they handled Ezra meeting Obi Wan perfectly, but they handled mm-hmm. it well. And like, he, yeah. it was very much like Obi Wan told him, "You shouldn't be here. There's no reason for you to be here. You have you something don't... else you have to focus on. You don't mm-hmm. even go here." <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I w- I was a little disappointed. In the reveal that Maul had been manipulating Ezra the entire time with the holocrons. Right. I think yeah. that was probably that was probably the biggest thing I didn't like about the episode. Yeah. Or even how um, he just he just took off like and usually he has people chasing after him. This time they were just like, yeah, whatever. Well, just well, I mean, just like the I mean, just the fact that like the whole season we've been building up to like Ezra learning the secret that uh, it's going to destroy the Sith and to just kind of find out that it was a red herring the entire time is really I mean, just for us is annoying. But was it? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no. If you think about it, it's more of Ezra or it's more of Maul looking for the secret to destroy the, mm-hmm. the Sith. I was, I was just disappointed in how, how it was handled. Same. Like, no, I, ag- I, I agree. Like it could have been, I, I have a feeling a lot of that had to do with their limitations and what they're deciding to do with Ezra. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously he can't be the one to destroy the, the Sith. That's not his story. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just disappointed in that we've been led to believe that we were going to learn something right. about mm-hmm. the force and we didn't, it was, didn't. that's, that's no. what I'm saying. It was a red herring the entire time. No, I agree. It's no, I, I yeah. Yeah. Handled good enough, but I, I think, yeah, it could have been better, but mm-hmm. I mean, they, they handled it well for what they were, they were given, I guess. I mean, everything in this episode was great, except literally like that was really, the most disappointing part for me. Like I didn't even mind like Ezra being stupid and running away when they, you know, Hey, we're planning our attack on Lothal. You know it better than anybody. Don't run away. And then he runs away. Yeah. You know, Ezra being Ezra. Um, I mean, I, I get that he wanted to help Obi-Wan and like genuinely, he probably really did. Mm-hmm. But then, they, but then they kept saying that was Maul coaxing you into wanting to help obi-wan yeah and i just i don't buy that that's that i don't believe that right can we move on now because uh i'm itching to talk about the duel (laughs) well i mean then we got to talk about how they blew up the a-wing you know it's always sad to see a-wings get destroyed (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna ask you do do a-wings have a backseat that what wait do they have a way that chopper could have piloted that um hey this Mr. is the first i know i know that you're the one i, I was while i was watching yeah. it, I was like, i've got to have mike answer this question <laughs> this is the first time i've i've seen them like have a i mean this is the first time anybody's really sat in the back seat of an a-wing they, they did it before with kanan and ezra flying in an a-wing hmm. 
But as far as it having like a droid port, uh, I don't think that is actually a thing. So either, you know, Chopper is reaching around with his arms to the to the <laughs> control stick or there is an actual droid port and we don't we just haven't seen it yet. So mm-hmm. that would yeah. be a good question for uh, Rebels Recon. But yeah, uh, the duel was, I thought it was really interesting that clearly Maul knew how to get Obi-Wan's goat. Obviously Maul, I mean, before Maul even showed up, though I'm sure Obi-Wan had quite knew that Maul was hanging around, you know, said that he had no desire to fight Maul but it was inevitable at this point. Like there was no way he was not going to have to fight Maul. And he seemed, as you stated before, like I, I felt that this was tragic and sad, but not just on like Maul's part. Like it's also sad for Kenobi in a way, because, you know, this was his connection, like for better or for worse, this was his last, you know, Oh, Maul was one of his last connections to the people he cared about. Because while Luke is a connection to the people he cared about, he can't contact Luke. So Luke is somebody he has to watch from afar, and that's got to be both pain, you know, that's got to be hard. But then Maul, you know, is someone who's caused him so much damage and grief over the years, and now that's gone. And while there has to be some peace to be found in that, there's yep. also got to be sadness within that too because it's over and there's no peace. Maul found no peace. So, you well, know, see, what that's was the it thing though for? that like Obi Wan actually had a purpose that was going to generate some fruit, while mm-hmm. while Darth Maul's path was just anger and revenge. It, it led him nowhere. Uh, once again, bringing up him trying to do the same move over it really showed that he didn't grow. He didn't really, he kind of grew in manipulation, but not so much in the force. You know what I mean? So I think in, right. in that, that sense, like Lindsay, you could look at it and be like, well, I'm not too sad for Obi-Wan because he has a purpose. He lost everything. Yes. But he's looking at the late, the new hope. Like, see what I did there? He's, <laughs> he's, he's looking at the future, the one, you know? So I think in, in, in the scheme of things, I think, yeah, like he lost everything and now he's a hermit, but he's looking at the path of, of the future. And, and I think that's where I can kind of forgive the sadness a little bit. Yeah. I just still think he's probably lonely. I like, I feel bad for him. Yeah. It's a lonely. So yeah, (laughs) good point. Well, it is a life he chose. It is a life he chose, but it's a life. I think he, but I think he knew he needed to do it. Uh, otherwise, you know, because there was a path for him and he took that path. Uh, and for now, here's here's the thing I wanted to ask you guys about. When I was watching it the second time, especially with what Maul says at the end, which we can get into, I almost felt this was my interpretation the second time because the first time I didn't necessarily believe this. Obviously, Maul was goading Obi-Wan to get him to fight. But almost for at the end, like, at the fight, one of the reasons I almost interpreted the fight not going so well for Darth Maul, I mean, not Darth Maul, just Maul, was the fact that he was just tired and lost and didn't want to fight 
really anymore. He just wanted to get it over with. And like, I almost think he was committing suicide by Obi-Wan Kenobi. I can see where you think that. Um, what I it, took away yeah, from okay. it, what I took away from it was Maul, when he was goading Obi-Wan into like, why this place, you know, are you protecting something or someone? I think because of what we know of Maul wanting to be the one to destroy the Sith or like have some kind of effect on that. I think he realizes that Obi-Wan is protecting the thing that's going to destroy the Sith, especially when he asks him at the end, is it the chosen one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Maul wants to affect that in some way. Yeah. That's, so that's I, I, I think, too. I, I think he didn't, I don't think he wanted, or I think he did want to kill Kenobi at that point. Um, but I think it's because he wanted to t- be the one to kind of take Luke and have him be his new apprentice. If Ezra is not going to be the one, hmm. I don't know. That's that's, good. that's that's good point. That's what I was thinking, and I haven't heard anybody mention that yet. So yeah, I mean, I could see that, but I think he, especially that end talk where he just seemed. I mean, obviously Obi Wan Maul never learned because in his last dying breath he was still talking about revenge, being avenged and revenge. But well, yeah, I, as seemed, I was saying, like I think yeah. he wanted to be the one to do it. Yeah, but yeah. when he lost. I think he's okay with the fact that he was okay with it. Yeah, exactly. I think he's just, he's okay with it. Hey, I lost beat, you know, avenge me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really touching to see. And like that, I think that's why I felt such profound sadness in the entire situation is that Maul never learned. And, but in his dying breath, he's hope he's wishing, you know, that Luke can do these amazing things that that obi-wan thinks he can do as well and then obi-wan is like cradling him and correct caressing is a bad word but like yeah. you know the way he's he touches him. His, yeah holding him yeah well he's cradling him but then he like touches his you know he c- closes his eyes and touches his shoulder and his chest to like comfort him even you know in his death yeah i think and it's such a kind thing to do to somebody who caused you so much pain yeah i like the way it was handled but I was going to say, too, that I feel like both of them wanted the same outcome. You know, yeah. it's just their their purposes were different. And I think mm-hmm. his dying breath was, I'm going to be avenged. Where like Obi-Wan is more like, we have a different future now. You know? so. Yeah. I realized it's almost like old Yeller, man. You put down the rabid dog, but you just feel bad about it. <laughs> Not the mall's a dog. No. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> All right. So we got to talk about the length of the duel. And I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to rant a little bit on this and why yes. it pissed people off. But here's my, my take on it. Okay. All right. So uh, one of the things I noted. Okay. So I watched it twice as well. Um, I think the first time around, it shocked me how quick it was. And I think I wasn't angry, but like disappointed. Mm-hmm. And then the second time around, I watched it. And then I absolutely loved it. And what changed my opinion is the way I viewed the fight. And there's only one type of duel that I can think of that lasts that long and is still satisfying. And it's actually one of my favorite genres, which is Westerns. 
Westerns are the same thing. It's it's more of like a, a show of a of, of face. You know, you guys stare at each other and who's going to make the first move and then the draw. And within a minute, like the opponent is dead, the one that gets shot. And that's the way I viewed this duel. It was it was like a Western to me. And I, I absolutely loved that. It was I didn't need, you know, the Clone Wars Yoda spinning around all over the place. I just it's been done before. And I just like that that element added so much more tragedy to Darth Maul's story, the the quickness of it, because it just that's that's his character, you know what I mean? Like we didn't really see much and then we got like snippets and then a quick death like was just perfect for Maul. It just really was. I don't know how you guys viewed the the actual quick duel. I you know I I, I, I was shocked too at how at how quick it was. And like you said, like it, it is very much like a Western duel, but it's also, you know, they in Rebels Recon they brought up the point of it's it's a samurai duel where in a real sword fight you're not doing the twenty minute the twenty minute fight that they did in you know episode three or Yoda flipping around like you're trying to kill your opponent in the least amount of strikes as possible and one thing that I even thought kind of evoked that samurai duel motif even more was. Uh, when Obi-Wan poses with his lightsaber and he does his first stance, like the classic one with the two fingers that young Obi-Wan does, and then he switches to the one that old Obi-Wan does where he holds it in front of him, they add the angle of the blade makes it look like it, it makes a little, a little bit more like a katana. And that's something we haven't really seen before. Like the blade's not curved, but just the angle of the tip is just angled enough that you're like oh it looks like a samurai sword mm-hmm. no and it it makes and and most sword fights like you said don't last don't last that long and i liked the fact that, that it was like that i i think your interpretation is really good both of you i think both and i liked the fact that sometimes when you have a very long fight you get lost in the fight the the actual like battle and lose the emotion behind it. And by having it so short, the emotion that w- existed there was even more resonant, I think. No, no, exactly. Because yeah. go go back and watch the duel from episode three. Like, you, it's numbing now. Like, it was cool at the time because they hyped it up. Like, oh, this is one of the longest sword fights in cinematic history. And, like, when I was young, that that sounded just the coolest thing in the world. But now that I'm older, I'm, I... And, I look back on it and I'm like, it's numbing to watch mm-hmm. because it's just, yeah. it just goes on and on and on. And, and the only, never, th- never mind yeah. the editing errors that are in it. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that matters are those last minutes with the, you know, Anakin, you were my brother stuff. That's all yeah. that mattered. I, the other thing that I looked at with this fight is the fight doesn't start when Maul jumps at Obi-Wan. The fight mm-hmm. starts when they're sizing each other up. Yep. Right. So that's another thing that I think people need to look at. Like when when it keeps locking in on Obi-Wan and Maul's eyes, like that's that's the important stuff. They're reading each other. They're literally playing it out in their heads. Like, okay, he's you know, he's doing this, he's gonna do this. 
And that's probably where Obi-Wan saw right there that, oh, he's probably going to try and take me out like he did to Qui-Gon. So I going back and watching that, because I've watched it just the fight several times, and it's it's beautiful the way how quick it is. And it's just it's three strikes and then it's done. Yeah, so so beautiful. I absolutely love the moment too when he like kicks the the dirt with the lightsaber at the like mm-hmm. fire. God, I love that moment because that's where he was he like he just lost it in his anger again. You know, it's almost like his manipulation game, the mind game he was trying to get Obi-Wan to bite on didn't work and and then the only thing he could do was just get angry. Well, yeah, cuz at this point Obi-Wan is above that. You know, he he knows all of Maul's tricks by this point. So that's not gonna that's not gonna phase him at all. It's you know, Obi he's freaking g- one, man. Like yeah, he's <laughs> gonna, awesome. Maul's gonna go to him and it's not gonna work. And, and by not the way, it, yeah. side note here, I love that he was not called Obi Wan and I just because I think about uh, a new hope when he says I hadn't I haven't been called that in so long. So I like that Ezra didn't say that. He just called him I mean, Master it was, Kenobi. It, I mean that was a technicality. I mean he called him Master Kenobi. You know, it, yeah, but I, it, it, I, I get I get the sentiment, but yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that's a technicality. <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was good. And I like that they're I like that they're taking these kind of these things that stick out to us as fans and making sure that we can't pick that apart. Be like, Oh, but they called him. They called him Obi-Wan only two years ago. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like that they take the care to do that kind of stuff. Like in Rogue One, how they explain that there's no Death Troopers in A New Hope is because they all died on Scarif, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I just I I love this episode. I think I the other annoying thing is at the end of the episode where Ezra flies back to Chopper Base mm-hmm. and doesn't tell anybody that Obi Wan's alive. Like he. Uh, he hints at like, oh yeah, like you know, I I figured out where I'm supposed to be. But how did you do that? How did you do that, Ezra? <laughs> Why are you back in Darth Maul's ship, Ezra? Like he he tells him like Maul's not going to be a problem anymore. Did you kill him? What happened? Yeah, like did you kill him, Ezra? You know, it, it it's it's a big dangling thread to kind of leave open. Mm-hmm. You know, then that's something that like because Hera's already on her like hey we need all the help we can get for our attack on Lothal and for the rebellion and Ezra even made the point earlier like how great would it be to have Master Kenobi in like on our side for the fight against the Empire mm-hmm. and for for him to not even mention like you know anything about that is just kind of weird now, there could have been something off camera where he was like, you know, oh, by the way, don't tell anyone I'm still alive. Right. Which we find out that, like, Bail Organa had told everybody that Obi-Wan was dead. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you know, Lion Organa. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Like, th- that that kind of annoyed me. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it, so, it was so obvious that something happened. Like, if he had flown back in the A-Wing... Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that would have been more believable that nothing had happened. But the fact that he flew back in Darth Maul's ship, Maul's ship, right? Like that 
Yeah, there's a lot of questions on stretch, unanswered. Yeah. yeah. That stretched I, the credibility for me. I did have another question. Hmm. Ezra and Luke are supposed to be like the same age, right? Okay, so this was another thing that Twitter was blowing up. I mean, because I want to say one thing. That scene got me a little little choked up with the Star I Wars music and, and him watching Luke. And I was I mean, like... That was that was great, and but I. But then he was a small child, and I was like, "Wait, it's a small child." It was but, just well, very far away. Maybe he was just really, 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 really far away. <laughs> it was. It was really far away. But then, how could oh, he yeah. hear? How could he hear her calling for Luke? Sound. I mean, we, I mean, we all heard her. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just... I think, and I, I was trying to find out if they used the original, the original Amperu. Yeah, it, it sounded, sounded exactly like the same. It exactly it's, like her. It sounded a little off to me, but um, but looking at the cast, I can't see anybody that played her. Played her. But it could have just gone uncredited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like they they're really good when they use their like kind of legacy footage of crediting whoever that was. Like like saying like oh so-and-so you know we used his lines or something like that right and the fact that they didn't do it for Baru is just kind of like oh like that's a little weird mm-hmm. that's that like right. out to me but that scene was so beautiful like uh oh yeah just the way they set it up the color scheme the music we heard the music again and then also just in the animation itself how obi-wan kind of touched his beard like in a new hope like alec guinness did they did it so great. I just, and that was I a like, heartwarming ending. Yeah. And I like the fact that it kind of brings home again to Obi-Wan that he, he did what he had to do. And this was what it was all for. It's for this little, this, this boy. Yeah. And major, major props to Steven Stanton for taking on that perfect Obi-Wan. God, he sounded he perfect. So good. So, like, so oh, good. that was and that's what I loved about like in Rebels Recon, like Dave Filoni was kind of like, yeah, Steven pulled me aside and said he uh, he's like, oh, I do a mean Obi-Wan. And he's like, uh, OK, <laughs> like Dave's, re- yeah. Dave's reaction is kind of, you know, how many times have I like, heard this? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, sure, buddy. Um, But no, he nailed it. Like it was it was wonderful to hear, you know, so that brings him. You know, with his Tarkin, with his Obi-Wan, and with his Alan Rickman as AP5. You know, Steven, Steven Stanton, man, you kind of, you become the man. And, and also Sam, Sam Whit, Whitwer uh, needs another acting job on Rebels because that guy well, he's, killed he's, it too. He's still technically the voice of the Emperor. We just we haven't seen the emperor in a we haven't seen the emperor since the first season, yep. but he's still he's still the voice of Palpatine right now, and his Palpatine's amazing. So it just it just remains to be seen if we'll see Palpatine again, and that we'll get Sam Witwer back for it. But I mean, as far as he's concerned, like you know, he's he's done he's done with with rebels for for now, and you know he he made a great he made a great point saying that. You know, I've done everything I can with this character, and now I'm leaving it up to whoever wants to take over next. And he's like, he, he said, like when you play these kind of legacy characters, you're essentially renting it. And now that I've returned it, let's see what the next person can do with it. 
Mm-hmm. I also loved the salt that they were throwing on Rebels Recon with just telling everybody, yeah, he's dead. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, oh, no. Oh, Andy Gutierrez was throwing down the salt like crazy on Rebels Recon. If you guys haven't seen it yet, it's it's hilarious. I mean, if you're a Maul fan, you're probably you probably won't enjoy it as much as I did, but it was just pretty funny. And then they also have an effigy for uh, for Darth Maul. Oh, like they t- <laughs> they took some of those Catholic candles and taped uh, Darth Maul's face over the <laughs> and we're burning it. And, and they had like the Darth Maul like bank and some other stuff. And it was it was it was funny. I mean, it's all in good fun. But of course, I mean, Maul is dead. He's dead. So. It was a, I thought it was per- a good end for him. Yeah. Like I like I said. He he needed to go out tragically and kind of not in this bombastic kind of way, not in any kind of huge way, because his character had grown so big. It had to be a tragic ending. And literally no one will remember him at this point. Like, to, I mean, because he, he, he literally no one knew he goes. He went to Tatooine. No one's right. seen him since the Son of Death Mirror comic. Right. He's, the only person who will remember him is I mean one the, of Rebel, his, his, the Rebels crew and Well Obi-Wan. and his greatest enemy. Yeah. So I like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. So I agree. But like uh like we hinted at the top of the episode, a lot of people on Twitter didn't like it. So we asked for some opinions and uh so, uh, Ernie, uh, why don't you take us through one of the comments that uh, you got? All right. And we got one from one of our best fans out there, uh, Michael Gibbons, who's always tweeting at us. So we got one from him. And it says, with the passing of Maul, do you think Rebels would dare kill off Thrawn this season too? It'd be a bold move. And then he hashtagged it by Blue Guy. <laughs> I, I think it would... I don't know. There's two there's two ways you could go about it. He's either going to be killed, which I think by Callus, or he's going to be sent off to the outer regions because of his failure to destroy the rebels. Now, I was thinking about this earlier too. He has to win against the rebels here because the rebels don't win their first major victory until Rogue One. Right. So the rebels do have to lose pretty badly. Now, so I I think if he does survive the finale, he still will be the villain of season four. I agree. Um, I think it would be, I'm calling it now. Um, I think it would be a big mistake for them to kill him next episode. Uh, Again, as I've said in previous um, episodes when we've talked about this, it was very frustrating to have Inquisitors killed off like they were nothing. Uh, throughout the seasons and I want a villain to last for a while and it'd be nice to have Thrawn stick around besides the fact that I like Thrawn a lot uh, this going from a just a cl- you know clinical thing we had Maul for a really long time but he really didn't come into the forefront until this season and then with Thrawn it what he's been doing this season we still he still hasn't been 
he's been the puppeteer, you know, but we still haven't had a ton of Thrawn centric episodes. So if he really was the main big, big bad villain along with the empire and next season, and then next season ends up with him dying and, you know, a lot of other stuff happening, like as they lead up to rogue one, I think that would be a real impetus, especially if they lose this battle of Lothal. Cause you're right. They have to, they have to lose. And I, I do agree that Callus. I think if anybody's going to kill Thrawn, it's probably going to be Callus. But I, you know, I just don't want to see them kill him because I feel like it'd be a waste if they killed him this early. Because I feel like they haven't tapped his potential yet. I feel like there's a lot more that they can do with him, like Maul, who stuck around for more than a season. Let him stick around for more than a season and see what they can do with him. So there you go. So I I've changed my mind and having him stay on at least until next season. Yeah. I mean, you can kill mid season next season. I, I mean, if you really need to kill him, like I'm okay, but like he's <laughs> from what we've seen of his, you know, his grand scheme, it'd be abortive to kill him so quickly, I think. And I think, I don't think it'd feel emotionally good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like we have that emotion invested yet. We think he's, he's mysterious and he keeps winning, but what's going on? I don't feel like he's pulled his strings yet. And, you know, in general, our Twitter, our Twitter feed, the notifications to us, it was basically 50, 50 on the people who really enjoyed the episode and the people who were disappointed in it. And I think that in general was the feeling in the entire Twitter sphere in the fandom. And yeah, it, I think because I was on Twitter as soon as I finished watching the episode on Saturday and there were a lot of unhappy people, but you have to kind of look past a lot of your internal feelings and look at what they were trying to accomplish with this story. And that's why that's what I, I really urge a lot of people to go watch the rebels recon because in the way that is a memorial episode of rebels recon for Darth Maul for this character that's been around for almost 20 years now. And that really kind of explains their intent and why it had to be this way. Cause of course they wanted it to be, you know, this big epic battle, but then they all kind of came to their senses and were like, Oh, like, no, it, it needs to be this really kind of quiet thing. Right. Um, I know had been had tweeted to us, you know, the, our, the, our resident fan who really likes Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, he had said that they said less is more. And I agree with that. It's, yeah, and I I highly urge you to go check out um, uh, Wookie Gunner. Uh, John and Marie over there wrote a really good piece about Ezra's you know involvement in this episode, and um, Megan over at Blog Full of Words also did a really good thing. So definitely go check out those two blogs for some kind of just to kind of help ease you through this loss. <laughs> and yeah. So, guys, we are at the finale of season three. I can't believe it. I know zero hour is upon us, and whew, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. So, yeah, I can't wait for this episode. It's we're gonna get both parts in one night, and you know, I'm I'm all I'm all kinds of jazzed. <laughs> Me too. You know, it's 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 scary because we 
literally anything can happen because it's boiled down now that they've got the mall and Obi-Wan stuff out of the way it's literally boiled down to the fates of characters that we don't know what's going to happen to them. So, you know, here we go here. We are. It's end game. Zero hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys uh, want to let us know what you think is going to happen in that episode, tweet to us at ghost stories pod on Twitter. If you want to talk to us individually, you can hit me up at it's the rocketeer. That's I T S the rocketeer. Lindsay, where can we find you? You can find me on Betty bloodshed on Instagram and Twitter. And that's B E T T I E bloodshed or on my other Twitter at SDCC nerds attack. And Ernie. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at yeah, buddy Ernie. We are also part of the Random Chatter Network, so head on over to randomchatter.com to check out all the other shows on the network, including the other one that Ernie and I do called The Retro Convo, and the other one that Lindsay and I do called The Outer Rim. We are also nominated for a Star Wars Podcast Award. So guys, thank you again for getting us this far. Let's keep going and get us all the way. Lindsay's going to celebration so if we do win, she will be there to accept the award. Yes, so, please. Yeah, give her give her a reason to wear this crazy outfit that she's putting together. Yes, please. So uh, thank you again, guys, for everything. And then we will see you next week for Zero Hour. Until then, may the force be with you. R.I.P. Darth Maul. <laughs>